0: anywhere in the book Hi everyone welcome back to that's on the book I'm your host Agent X and I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous please remember that no member including guests on this show speak for AA as a whole the only aim of this podcast is to be helpful if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so anytime please reach out at that's on the book at hotmail.com. Uh, Today I have a guest on the show, my new friend, dirtbag sponsor, and I will just refer to you as dirtbag. Is that (laughs) all right with you?
1: Oh, I would love that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) And you know, I think uh, it was like three weeks sober and I called this woman and I was losing my shit. And she goes, she goes, you don't have to get sober gracefully. And I think it gave me permission in that, that moment to be first of all, as unclassy, because that's not who I am. Right. And like, just exactly as weird and as, um, as messy as I needed to be. And I feel like um, just the name of your, your, your IG account in general is just something that's very relatable. Can you tell me about like how you came up with your Instagram account?
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And I completely relate to that as well. Um, I think, you know, the messier, the better, like, like it's real, it's been real entertaining so far. Um, but it kind of just, I don't know, it describes like the two parts of me. Um, I've been sponsoring since I was pretty young in the program and I'm really passionate about AA and about recovery. Um, but the dirtbag part, like I'm going to be a dirtbag through and through, I practice the principles, but I just, uh, I don't know. I just like to have fun. As you know, from my account, I like to uh, be a little, you know, dirty and uh, curse and whatever. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of just like a blend.
0: And what like a refreshing thing, because I couldn't imagine anything. I couldn't imagine sorority, first of all. And I couldn't imagine that any moment of this was going to be a fun experience. And to be honest, I was so afraid about this word, the words like a spiritual life and stuff, because I'm like, those people suck. I don't want anything (laughs) to do with any realm of the air quote spiritual people, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to travel to India and join some like white people in a circle with their (laughs) India dots. Like your name is Sharon, stop it. Okay. And I don't, you know, the organized religion too, those are not my people. And I'm not saying they're good or bad people. I'm just saying they're not my people. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't imagine a life where I'm like, doing God's will, even saying that out loud is like, Oh, that sounds so lame. But then the truth is, is when, when I got stripped away of all the stuff that was blocking me off, like who is left is actually me. And I kind of like agent X at the end. like, she's kind of fucking fun. (laughs) Do you agree with that a little bit?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The whole, we're not a glum lot" thing. It's been huge. I, uh, I've only, I'm coming up on three years in March, so I'm still pretty new. And before the pandemic, like my whole life was just going to different events. Like, like truly my life is AA, but I wouldn't want it any other way, especially in the beginning. But yeah, like all we do is just be ourselves, you know, and the spiritual Mm -hmm. part. Like it is, I don't know, it's interesting. And I'm sure as I get more time, like maybe some of the dirtiness will melt away, but I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) And it doesn't
0: need to. And um, for a long time, it was like, so strangely in the past year, I've stopped swearing so much. Now I have no aversion to other people swearing, but for some reason I've calmed the fuck down. Even though I just <laughs> said, calm the fuck down. Like I've honestly calmed down <laughs> with my mm-hmm. swearing, but this is just something that kind of, it's like just getting older in general, you know, and more yeah. is revealed in the stuff. But but no one ever, ever could tell me that I couldn't carry a message in AA and say the F word. Like mm-hmm. actually, um, and I, I had a bigger version of people in AA saying, well, you need to dress up. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not here for you, you who needs to feel respected by my appearance. I'm here for neck tattoo out of jail, about to lose her kids, newcomer, uh-huh. who isn't going to be afraid of me, right, who... Like I'm tattooy and I'm grungy and I'm super trashy. Like <laughs> that is so attractive to so many people, don't yeah. you
1: think? Absolutely, that? absolutely. Yeah, I know it's, it's very interesting, you know, where recovery is headed and the different directions it goes. And near me, we have a pretty uh, notorious group where yeah, you, you have to like dress up to go and yada yada yada, and then right. like, come the traditions and Yeah, I don't know. I especially now that we're on Zoom a lot. Like I've uh I've given pitches like in my pajamas, and I'm like, if you guys don't like it, uh you can fuck right off because here comes the message.
0: (laughs) Absolutely a hundred percent. Like, here's the message, and and I haven't found in the book where it says that I have to be a certain person (laughs) to be, you know, to have the message that carries any depth and weight. It just says that I have to have a message. And uh it's funny, like. Fully full disclosure, anyone listening, I have no idea who the person I'm talking to, like I've no idea who dirtbag is. I just reached <laughs> out to you because I've been following you on Instagram for a long time. Yeah. And um, here's the deal is like, if you've had some spiritual experiences result of the steps, if you no longer have the compulsion to drink that was going to kill you, and you've had some experience here, like you have a message that holds depth and weight, and that message can be useful to uh, anyone listening, okay. right? And I love the anonymity. I love the podcast anonymity. I love um, your account anonymity because all the stuff that you're going to judge me on straight off the bat isn't of access to you, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not of access. So it's the message and nothing else. And how good is that? That that part doesn't change either, you know? Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. I just like to dress it up in, uh, like we were talking about before all kinds of crazy shit. It's just, it's been really fun for sure. (laughs)
0: I just I do love your account. It's really funny. I love uh I'm like picky about Instagram (laughs) accounts, but Uh here's the deal is like being recovered, a recovered alcohol, being a sober alcoholic is the weirdest thing ever. Mm -hmm. It's the most unnatural thing that we can do as chronic alcoholics is be sober. Yeah. So if we're gonna be, if I'm gonna be sober, it better be fun and it better be awesome. Better be hilarious. It better. Yeah. Um, and having people that I can relate to, even on Instagram meme accounts. And first of all, girl memers are the
1: best. Oh, yeah, they are 100 <laughs> percent the best. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I don't
0: care. That was a con- very controversial statement. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't care. Girl memers are the best. And it's just like it's it's recognition that helps helps a broad range of people just get through this weird ass day of being a sober person. Don't
1: you agree? Oh my God. And like being a sober person through this crazy fucking time right now. Like I created this, I think in May and the pandemic started in March. So that was like two months of me like gradually spiraling, you know, like I was going to a ton of meetings. I was sponsoring, I was doing everything I was supposed to do, but I was still fucking out of my mind. And then came this. And all of a sudden it opened the door to like, essentially I got to start 12 stepping people and DMS and just connecting with other memers. And it's, it's been such a huge part of my recovery this past year. It's nuts.
0: (laughs) So tell me about like the spiritual awakening that you've had since March, because exactly zero people that I know that are like head down doing the work, every single one of us has completely changed since Mm -hmm. March of this year where the world is falling apart and everything (laughs) is on fire. You know, I'm in Sydney, like literally our country was on fire. fire. There was so much, so much going on. And then I, like, I started this podcast and there has been zero of us who are like, well, nothing has changed spiritually for me this year.
1: I'm a completely different, better, happier, secure person Uh at the end of this. Is that your experience? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I had a a different career that I had for about awesome. thirteen years. I lived in a different place. Like I, like all aspects of my life have changed since the pandemic and since the spiritual experiences that I've gone through. And like they have been, I mean, I lost my, one of my best friends in July. It was mm. like you know, there. I, a lot of people I've talked to have lost loved ones as well. Um, whether it's from, you know, addiction or the pandemic or just, you know, anything like, I just yeah. feel like a lot of people have experienced a ton of loss in this pandemic. And yeah, that, that definitely, that certainly, I'm um, you know, added to the whole spiritual experience. And, uh, you know, I jumped really hard into meditation cause I didn't know what else to do. Like I was right. just a mess, but yeah, I, it's so many, so many blessings. My life is completely different today than it was last March. Like incredibly different.
0: (laughs) I can't even begin to tell people, like, it's not even the same person. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But good. So, but it did start out in chaos. Like, you know, my partner lost his job and uh, financially we were so scared and like, we were about to have to move and all the uncertainty, all the craziness, like my country's on fire, everything going on was madness. And then, and I feel like that was the beginning for everybody. But then My experience in Alcoholics Anonymous is that all the adversity, even though painful, on the other side, so right after the painful experience is always a new awakening. There's always something else to learn and it always gets better. So this year in in my recovery, it's kind of like uh, seeing adversity as as more gifts instead of, you know, so, oh, you're a total asshole to me and I hate you. Well, what
1: am I going to learn from this? (laughs) Yes. Oh, exactly. Exactly. No, I relate to that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because don't you find that no matter what it was, on the other side, there's something great. There's always something internally that's that gets better and better and better.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it was happening to me even before I got sober, but I was too numb and too out of my own head to even realize what to even realize I had a higher power, let alone what a higher power was doing for me. But then once I got sober and I became more mindful and connected and doing you know meditation and all kinds of stuff like that, I finally was able to open my eyes and realize that. And it definitely is so much easier going through life knowing that when you're in the shit, that there's going to be some kind of peace and serenity on the other side, that it's mm-hmm. not going to last forever. Because that's what I used to like. I used to think it was gonna be forever. Any type of situation I was going through, I remember just crying in my car and thinking that that was it, but yeah. not understanding, like that's just temporary. You're gonna get through it. Every you know? time. <laughs> Every
0: time. Every time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'd get in a fight in my marriage, I'm like, that's it. It's we're done. It's never getting <laughs> It's never getting better. It's a divorce. Every time my son does something, so I have a 14 year old don't have a 14 year old it's a terrible (laughs) idea every time he does something I'm like that's it he's gonna he's dying of drug addiction our relationship's over strangely he hugged (laughs) me this morning said he loved me like sober I don't know like so every time I'm in the bad thing I always think that that's it that's the end and Mm -hmm. but then you keep getting out of it but you don't get out of it you get out of it to something better
1: Has been my experience yes yeah absolutely (gasps)
0: You know what it sounds like? It's like the part in the book that says we don't regret the past nor wish to sh- shut the door on it. And I feel like that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about um, that. Even when you were still using and drinking, that mm-hmm. you can see, be you can, we can see in hindsight, like the power was there the whole time. I was just too high to notice. You know, yes. I was just too self-centered to have any idea that my will sucked. Right. Yeah. So, so the power was there the whole time, and it's such a great lesson to learn that. Like (laughs) my power didn't do it. Like he didn't give me this crazy chaotic life. I did that. And the really, the realization that that brings through the steps, you know?
1: Oh yeah. My higher power gave me the way out and there's no, I truly am convinced there's no way I would have. I mean, my higher power is what brought me to AA to my first meeting. And it's, it's the only thing that really kept me alive beforehand. I really, when, when I think back, especially when I work with a new sponsee and we kind of, you know, I qualify or whatever, I th- I go through the stories and I'm just like, how the hell did I make it through any of these times? Like the fact mm-hmm. that I even made it to AA is a, is a promise right there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's crazy.
0: And. So what we're going to talk about in the book, I just, so I never know, right? So Mm -hmm. all my guests, we just talk for an hour and however long we get through the part of the book is how, is where we end. And um, sometimes that's like two pages, but usually it's been about four (laughs) sentences. And this page is one of my favorite pages in the whole book. I think I've said that every page, but this is like, (laughs) this is talking about the insanity so we're about to talk about some of my favorite part of that I have to understand in step two it says that I've come to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity well first I have to be convinced that I'm fucking insane Mm -hmm. and a woman like me that's going to be hard to do I am a strong-ass independent woman in my head right and I don't need you was my life motto since I was five years old I was delightful obviously (laughs) Yes, I relate to that. I was very attractive as a person. (laughs) Imagine dating that. I don't need you. (laughs) So I have to understand that I'm insane. And so what you were talking about is like my insane mind getting me to AA. I mean, I just don't think that I did that either because right. i was fucking crazy so for yeah. me to get to aa and then be willing to do what i was told that's a divinely inspired act because
1: i, I know that would have been me <laughs> i didn't have an ounce of humility in me like not a drop so i don't know how i was humble enough to listen to another woman but i was <laughs> oh
0: and then a woman in general like what do you yeah. mean a woman's going to have to save my life that sounds dumb you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds awful <laughs>
0: These solutions are terrible. Let me talk to the manager of AA. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So let's jump in because I just cannot wait to start reading this, and I do have a feeling that you are the perfect companion to read this part of the book with.
1: I'm so excited. I've read this part. I was thinking about this today. I'm like, I bet we're kind of close to the beginning because like all my all my sponsees unfortunately go out like around the fourth step, and so I've gone through this part, this section of the book like countless times, and I love it. And I am prepared to chat about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I say that I could get people one through three verbatim without looking in the oh, book yeah. because I we go one through three so many times, you know? Yeah. And um, so I don't even have to look at the book. I can just, we have Alcoholics <laughs> Anonymous, our
1: 100 <laughs> men and women. Like, I didn't even read that. <laughs> I know. Got it memorized. I know all about Jim. Me We're about to finish up Jim's story.
0: Exactly <laughs> Right, we are. But yeah. um. The truth is, is like this new thing that I'm understanding as well is that I'm not in the results business with sponsorship. I actually, I love that you said you started sponsoring immediately. My favorite people all have, and Aww. I did the steps in 30 days. I started sponsoring at 34 and yeah. didn't know that that was now like, um, not what normal, what they normally do, but the yeah. people that I've seen do that. Um, those are my people, man. Like this is, Mm -hmm. that's the good shit. That's like, that's like getting paid and, and promoted immediately.
1: It's like, yeah. Yeah. And think about it. Like, so for me, I actually, I was, I think 60 days when I started, but I was only on, yeah, I was only on step four. And I remember some woman asked me, she was older than me and, and, uh, I'm like a very bubbly, happy person. So I think I was just, you know, being happy in a meeting. And she came up to me after. And I remember like smugly (laughs) asking my sponsor, like thinking she would say no, but like, oh, you have to ask her anyway. And she said, well, you only have to be a step ahead of her. Yeah. So since you've been, you know, dragging ass on your fourth step, I guess this is a really nice incentive for you to get going, and and you can so sponsor you can her. Stay. I was like, yes. fuck, yes, <laughs> it, it did. Like that was a that was a god shot because it pushed me through my fourth step, yeah, like and forced me to go, and and so I could sponsor her. So it was hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: And I was so worried, like people are going to ask me. How long I was sober and then not want me to sponsor them. But uh-huh. there, but the truth is, is that most newcomers are so self-obsessed that they're only <laughs> thinking that, oh God, you're willing to listen to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But my yeah. experience today is simply that I get something every out of every time that I open the book with someone. Yeah. I've gotten something out of it. And even if it's just reminding me of steps one through three for myself. So yeah. I'm not in the results business. Whatever you do with this is all you and God, right? Yep. Even yeah. if it's, even if it's just my, I like to say, cause I live in Australia, like mm. my loud American accent saying the phenomenon of craving mental obsession with alcohol. Well, you're drinking in the future. Okay. You know, <laughs> and if my loud, annoying ass jumps in your head at a bar when you're about to fucking kill yourself and you get back to AA, God mm-hmm. bless you. Right. Yeah. Like that's,
1: that's, we out here planting seeds. It's always I'm plan-
0: whatever it is that I'm doing, as long as it's of service, I actually get something out of it. So, yeah, even when they're mean, have you ever had a sponsor break up with you and be mean about it?
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to, I don't think so. Oh,
0: I've had them be mean, but oh, geez, but even then, like, I have learned something the entire everyone, every person yeah. I've been in contact with in AA,
1: and uh, even outside of AA, which is like you know the most, most interesting part
0: a hundred percent yeah, yeah. No, all, everyone now that's how we get to look at life completely different so okay what did we just read so me and my last guest just wrote read through whiskey in my milk which is it's so funny because a normal person would be like that is disgusting and I feel like every alcoholic who reads whiskey in my milk is like sounds legit like that sounds like something that I would try
1: (laughs) that sounds like vodka in a bang energy drink or however you want to that's what I like to do with my sponsees is I modernize it sometimes I'll give like an example like if whiskey in the milk sounds old school then what 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 kind of weird shit were you drinking before you came in here
0: yeah absolutely Uh, and like, how creative were you getting trying to justify that that was normal to drink? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you can do it in powder form, pill form, whatever, whatever relates to you. It works here.
0: Uh, and it says whatever the. Okay, so Jim we get is ordering whiskey and milk. He has everything to lose, so it's talking about how good his life is right before this. Mm. It also says that he made a beginning. So. Uh, my, I have lots of like statistical theories that are completely made up in my head about Alcoholics Anonymous. And, (laughs) you know, most of them, one of them is like that AA is top heavy with heavy drinkers, right? And Mm -hmm. the other one is that most people who, who drink again in AA, um, who do need AA that don't recover, simply just make a beginning, but don't complete it. So, I don't know anyone who's been through the steps in the big book quickly that has started sponsoring others that drink again. Like it's not really, mm-hmm. that is, it says he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. So yeah. I don't know anyone enlarging their spiritual life. who's still drinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's another thing is I, even my little brother, like God bless him. He's in America. He's dying of alcoholism. Oh. He watched me get sober, came yeah. to my, you know, one year speaker talk. I explained how I got sober. He calls me a month later. He goes, yeah, I went to AA. It didn't work. And I was mm. like, didn't it? How, uh, how many meetings do you go to? He goes, one. And I go, oh, we didn't cure your alcoholism in one day. That's super
1: weird, right? <laughs> so strange. Very strange. <laughs> so don't tell me
0: AA doesn't work. You know, yeah. The truth is, is probably you made a beginning, mm-hmm. but failed to enlarge your spiritual life with the rest of the steps. Do you kind of right. agree? That's what he's talking oh. about. yeah so on page 37 so we're talking about the the mental states that are preceding the first drink because yes we have the phenomenon of craving great I still have that if I were to have a drink today I would still have the phenomenon of craving AA isn't treating that
1: right yeah but you're sober when you pick up that first drink so that's Mm. where yeah Mm -hmm. it's like what made you pick up that drink because you weren't drunk yeah,
0: <laughs> no one's. It's so funny. No one's ever said that before to me. Are you I'm serious? like, oh,
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love this.
0: You're right. You're sober when you pick up the first drink, so yeah. that can't be the problem. Yep. Right. Uh, so it says. Whatever the precise definition of this word may be, we call this plain insanity. So, this is where the book starts to label me insane. Um, (laughs) How dare they?
1: How dare they?
0: (laughs) Whenever anyone would break up with me, they'd always call me like psycho or insane. So, I was Uh like, I am not. Even though, yes, I
1: was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think about, oh. Yeah. The the next morning reading all the texts and just being like, oh, they were uh, right. They were right is, about me.
0: There is still one, this email that I sent. I still, I'm email- Joey, I'm so sorry. This was like 15 <laughs> years ago. And I still have like this horrific drunk email. <laughs> I'm still embarrassed, Joey, but here's oh. the good news. Jo- you know, Joey's not thinking about me. Nobody cares about right.
1: us. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best part. We're the only ones. We are so focused laser focused on ourselves you know but she but for real she is sorry joey she is genuinely sorry genuinely (laughs) it
0: says how can such a lack of proportion of the ability to think think straight be called anything else. And mm-hmm. I don't want God at this point. I don't want AA. I don't want to do any of these things. So you're going to have to really tell me about why I'm picking up this drink. Cause a lot of therapy has told me a lot of circumstances in my life that say that I'm drinking wow. because my dad, and mm-hmm. that could make sense when I'm 14, but it didn't make sense at 34. Right. Like if my dad's really the problem we're fucked here because he's dead right he's yeah. never gonna make this right <laughs> yeah. and if other people are to blame for why I keep picking up this drink it didn't under- make sense because I picked up a drink when I was really happy mm-hmm. which was actually a lot like I'm a happy person too to an extent like yeah. If I'm excited, I want to be more excited. If I'm happy, I want to be more happy. If I'm sad, I want to be less sad or more sad, whatever the circumstance may be. I don't have circumstantial alcoholism. Right. Jim, last story, didn't have circumstantial alcoholism. Everything was fine. Yeah.
1: So what's he, this- had, he had a nice resentment though, for sure. <laughs> Which yeah, is he was a little bit pissed off. Yeah.
0: I agree. <laughs> um, it says that. You may think this is an extreme case. To us, it's not far-fetched. For this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. We have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon upon the consequences, but there was always the curious mental phenomenon that parallel with our sound reasoning, there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink.
1: This is a
0: very long but intricate sentence that I
1: love. (laughs) I noticed that about the big book. They have some long, like some of the longest sentences I've ever read are in this book, but they're like chock full of like, you have to dissect them because there's so much good information in them.
0: In this one sentence. So (laughs) it's saying that self-reflection probably isn't going to keep us sober either. So when I hear people say, run the tape, um, -hmm. I can't, I did that. And I'm pretty sure maybe this time it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Or I don't care if it's the same or there's no self-reflection. I'm just look down and I have a glass of wine in my hand and I did not plan on drinking. I have no idea what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you need to play the tape and play the tape and call someone play the tape. And you know what I mean? You can't just play the tape and be like, Oh, I've educated myself, but I'm going to continue to drink anyway.
0: (laughs) Right. Last night was horrible, but I'm just not going to drink based on last night because we already read in the book. It says, I can't do that. It says we can't remember a week or a month ago to keep us sober
1: or so, a few hours ago. Really? I mean, literally
0: I woke up drunk knowing everything uh-huh. I did was as a result of my drunkenness and I'm going to just have a beer and
1: try right. not to do it again. <laughs> Yes, exactly. (laughs) Spin that wheel, baby. Let's see what happens.
0: (laughs) It says we do sometimes reflect more than Jim did on the consequences. Yes, sometimes.
1: Yeah.
0: It says, but there's always the curious mental phenomenon. They can't, there's not like a specific word for it. They use a bunch like uh, mental twist and Uh curious mental phenomenon. There's a bunch of ways that we're describing me having a thought, basically, a thought to drink it says that parallel with our sound reasoning. So I think of like train tracks. I do have sound reasoning for a lot of things. I mm-hmm. could be employed. I was really good at my job. I can cook like a restaurant. I have a mm-hmm. clean house. Like sound, re- I, I I do have sound reasoning. I'm a smart woman. Mm-hmm. However, this mental phenomenon that I have this curious mental twist where I keep saying fuck it and picking up a drink will never intersect. They're always train tracks. Mm-hmm. So no matter how smart and organized and diligent I am, that can never tee on top of my thought to have a drink. Right. It will, it, it will never, I can't think my way out of this. Yep. It says inevitably ransom. insanely called me insane again trivial excuse for taking the first drink our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check and um you see a lot of very successful people come into AA just defeated and it's such a great place to be I'm like oh you're the CEO of a company and you're drinking yourself to death congratulations we're probably homies right (laughs)
1: like I (laughs) hear you swimmingly yeah exactly (laughs) I know it is there is something really beautiful and it sounds sick but I mean we're all sick here Yes. Um, There is something really beautiful about like the more successful, the more well dressed people that come through the door, and you just see how downtrodden they are, and you're like, "Ooh, like you must like you, it took you a lot to get here." I understand yes. that.
0: <laughs> yes, I get you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I understand. <laughs>
0: if you're crawling in on your hands and knees in your Gucci shorts, like I get you. Like that's <laughs> awesome. You tried really hard. Oh, there, there. You tried really hard. Me too. Oh God. (laughs) It it says the insane idea won out. So again, called me insane. Mm -hmm. It's the insane idea of there's three different ones. But for me, the most prevalent reason I drank is I had a thought to drink. Mm -hmm. And after the thought to drink came in, usually it sounded like, oh, fuck it and I wish, you know, it's, it, I relate to Jim where he had a thought to have whiskey in his mouth. Like it was just mm-hmm. a, Oh, fuck it. I'll have whiskey in my mouth. Uh, Oh, fuck it. I'll just have a glass of wine real quick. So it was always a subtle thought. Nothing was going on. It wasn't a circumstantial other than I was breathing and having any emotion, any yeah. emotion was fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't like air quotes triggered by anything except I blinked my eyes three times.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was, it was a day or it was a night and I drank. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and so I would say, fuck it. And the yeah. truth
0: is, is that I've never been able to willpower away. Fuck it. When fuck mm. it has come into my mind, this bleeding little oh, fuck it um, whisper of a thought that's I will drink and I think my appreciation, my gratitude and my dedication to alcoholics is the fact that as I don't talk about how sober I am, cause I don't think it matters, but, um, that in all the years that I've been sober, I've not once said, fuck it. I've had fleeting thoughts. Like I'm really sad that I didn't get to try, um, alcoholic AW root beer. Do you know they have alcoholic <laughs> root beer? I don't know why what? I was devastated. I was, I was yeah. like, Oh, I would love to have tried that Rose gummy bears. That's one I never got to try. Um, And then someone was pitching alcoholic air.
1: Oh my (laughs) God. I swear
0: to God, like you put a mask on and it has alcohol in it. I'm like, these technological advances in my sobriety are bullshit.
1: (laughs) They're like, we need these people to cope. What do we do? Alcoholic air. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> let's go. Aren't
0: you a little sad you never got to dry it? I'm sad, I mean, I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I created my own alcoholic <laughs> air like the night after. I, as long as I just breathed what my own <laughs> carbon monoxide like, we <laughs> I was alcoholic
0: air. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Yeah, I was.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can relate. Uh, besides a fleeting thoughts of a beer would be nice, or God, that glass of wine looks lovely, my mind hasn't said fuck it, and I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a narcissist, and I love my accomplishments, and I am not <laughs> keeping myself sober. I'm I'm yeah. just not, and this is a miracle. And I like I can't. It's a miracle that rat bags like me sorry that's an australian term i know what a, a rat bag it's so stupid rat bags like me have access to um a miracle for fun for free here we go i don't have to be yes. like i didn't do anything to deserve this i'm an asshole do you understand like uh-huh. i'm trash the fact that i've been sober this long happy joyous free have this life today pff,
1: dope <laughs> it's pretty rad man like <laughs> Well, okay. First of all, I think maybe you need to start a rat bag sponsor account and we can have like the American Australian connection going. I think that would be great. And secondly, yeah, that's the beautiful part. The fact that it's free, like blows my mind. Like, one day, it's not yet because they still bore me a little bit, but one day I will get into the traditions. You will. I, yeah, I know I <laughs> it's will. It's a progression. And just, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like that whole thing blows my mind, you know, like, especially I live out in Southern California where we have, you know, an endless supply of really bougie treatment centers, et cetera, et cetera. And so just comparing it to the fact that people can crawl into AA for free, uh, it's just amazing to me, <laughs> you know,
0: it says, okay, that's a great paragraph too. Ready? It says mm-hmm. in some circumstances, we've gone out deliberately to get drunk, feeling ourselves justified by nervousness, anger, worry, depression, jealousy, or the like. Mm. Um, so it's telling me a lot of the feelings that I have as an untreated alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And it it says, you think you have anxiety and depression? Well, you might, but you might actually just have untreated alcoholism. You think you have an anger management problem? You might, but you just might have untreated alcoholism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So these are telling me like the human states that I have, where a lot of people have told me that that's why I'm drinking right mm-hmm. so a lot of people have told me that my dad is the problem that being poor was the problem that um all my circumstances are why but this so i could justify drinking on the back of other people's bad behavior to me like mm-hmm. well if you had the life that i had you'd drink like i would too so that's kind of what this paragraph is saying to me that oh, yeah. um that sometimes i didn't know why i was drinking so i would just tell you it was for a reason multiple yeah. i like one of my virtues is my ability to justify shit so and it's like being able to blame other people i could blame you for anything like oh yeah i can I've make everything your fault
1: i've been practicing that since i knew how to speak basically yeah. like i have memories or my parents have told me stories of me i was like a lawyer at age 4 yeah, Just, yeah justifying and you know, lying, all that stuff. It's Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: but but I kind of feel like at the end, I didn't know why I was drinking. I believed honestly that everybody drank like I did. But it's but it was kind of like something in the back of my mind was going, "This is crazy. Why are you doing this?" Well, it must be because I'm angry, or it must be because of something that happened in the past. Because it was so insane to me. It mm-hmm. says so. It says, but even in this type of beginning, we're obliged to admit that our justification for a spree was insanely insufficient. It called me insane again. Mm-hmm. So knowing what always happens, which at the beginning wasn't a problem. So at the beginning, I was chaos, but chaos can be fun when you're 20. You Yes, know?
1: it's cute. It's good time. Cute chaos.
0: It's cute. Yeah, exactly. I can could, I could keep it sexy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, in, you know, at the older that I got, the bigger my cyclone became and yeah. the chaos kept getting uglier and uglier. So in even though I was depressed, even though I was angry at so-and-so for something that was justifiable to go out and drink, it still didn't make sense that I was picking up a drink in light of what happened yesterday when I drank.
1: Right, right. Well, and you know, it's interesting too. And I think it talks about this elsewhere in the book and mainly I'm just bringing this up so I could, um, use the phrase dubious luxury. Cause I think it's <laughs> one of the best things I've ever heard, but it's true. Like justifiable anger, like for non-alcoholics, like that's fine. Do whatever you want. But for us, like who even gives a shit if you can justify it, because if it's going to lead to your next demise, then why even go there? You know.
0: It doesn't make sense. And when it tells me that in the book for the first time, they're like, mm-hmm. you don't get to be angry anymore, bitch. And I'm like, wait, yeah. that is literally my propelling force in the world is simply my
1: <laughs> anger. Yeah. Oh, that's one of my babies. That's yeah. my baby. You can't take my baby from me. <laughs> I did know,
0: not know how to exist without anger, to be honest. And um, I realized I only had two emotions. It mm-hmm. was either joy or anger. And I couldn't decipher anything else. Mm-hmm. By the time I came into recovery and it looked like um, every time I felt something negative, I would immediately just get angry. And then like recovery like, no, you're actually sad. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, shocking.
1: You're actually <laughs> in fear. It's all yeah. fear, girly. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not this. afraid
0: of anything.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm a badass, badass bitch. I'm not afraid. And then Literally, you realize. Huh. Yes. <laughs> My MO
0: is like, I've decided I was a badass when I was 11. There isn't mm-hmm. P.S. There's nothing badass about me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, but, looking at you and I'm like, you are just a very put together, beautiful, <laughs> I mean, still a badass, but yeah. I, know I have not tattoos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to convince
0: other people that I was and then mm-hmm. finding out I'm not a badass. I'm full of fear. I'm um, actually crippled with it, and (laughs) that everything I'm doing is out of fear. But I didn't know that. We don't know that, right? Right. So it's telling me again that I'm insane. So actually, it's told me like four times, three, four times that I'm insane in one page. So, so for me to be convinced that a power greater than myself is going to restore me to Sandy, I first have to understand that I'm insane. And I think this realization um, comes in hindsight as well. Like the more Mm -hmm. removed I am from the drinking, the more I can look back and go, that was chaos. That was absolutely a tornado and poor, almost like not poor me, but poor everyone around me. That must've been really hard for other people to watch.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Because people go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say too, even for you to look back and say, poor agent X, like I feel like that's allowed as well, because I truly feel like that person, that woman was a a different person. Like when I think about those behaviors and just the way that I felt everything, I, I do, I'm allowed to have empathy for my past self and what I put myself through and those around me, you know?
0: I think that's a wonderful thing to say, especially out loud because I do see how I put myself in a position to be hurt the whole time, but I didn't have another choice. Yeah. It's also why it says moral and philosophical convictions galore. Like I woke up every day deciding who I wanted to be. She Mm -hmm. was nice. She was kind. She was a good mom. She didn't, you know, drunk drive with her kids. She didn't abuse her husband, like this woman. Mm -hmm. And I'd fail by 10 a.m. So Mm -hmm. it's not that I wasn't trying or that I was doing, wasn't doing this on purpose. So a little bit of empathy for, yeah. I was as confused as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. You didn't like me. I didn't like me either.
1: Yeah. I, it was, a, I didn't like this <laughs> person. You're like, we're on the same side. We both hate <laughs> me. So why can't we be friends? <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
0: Ah, awesome. Says we now see that when we begin to drink deliberately instead of casually, there was little serious or effective thought during the period of premeditation, of which the terrific consequences will be. And um, I do see looking back that there was a point where I kept thinking um I was drinking because I I wanted to. Yeah. And but then there was a point at the end where it was like this deliberate. I had to drink and I had to keep alcohol in my house everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really abused my partner into a point of Al Anonism, which of uh, which you've never seen. But yeah. um,
1: <laughs> beautiful program. That's a beautiful <laughs> program right there. <laughs> oh.
0: I've smashed this man <laughs> into conformity here into yeah. my alcoholic life to where I had um, just my bar filled all the time yeah. and could the poor thing, you know. <laughs> Don't worry, he's an Al Anon member. We're still
1: married Yay! 13 years later. What the hell? Yay! It's actually oh, that's wonderful.
0: Yeah. It actually is one of, you know, I feel like one of uh, my assets, which I no longer wish to shut the door on because mm-hmm. that can genuinely be of service to other married people. Like, oh, you've broken your favorite toy, which is your partner. I get that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and it's rare, too, I mean, to get through that type. I mean, I haven't even been in that long, and it's rare. So that's right. wonderful. Yep. Um, totally. Oh, I also wanted to point out in that little chunk that you just read. So one, the word casually makes me laugh because I could probably count on one hand <laughs> the times I've ever drunk casually in my whole life. And, um, the word deliberately, every time I read that, it makes me think of when people would share in the rooms where they drank at someone or they Gosh. drank at something. So every time I read that with a sponsee, I just think about like drink deliberately. Oh boy. <laughs> a lot. Absolutely. I- I do that a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Me too. Deliberately. Uh, okay. So I, I'm, I want to get through this next part because we have 20 minutes, but this is my favorite story. And to be honest, that's why I'm sober. I was in my first meeting. Um, I came to AA, spent five weeks bullshitting, lying about being sober, took 30 day chip. It was hilarious when I was three days sober. uh, That's who I am Uh, (laughs) left for eight years. And I came back on my crawling in on my hands and knees. Okay. Mm. I came back on the ground and, um, this older sober woman who was like 37 years sober was the only woman in the room, and I was like, "Well, if she's the one saving my life, I'm gonna fucking die." And <laughs> she's sharing, and then all of a sudden she goes, "And then I got out of prison for smuggling heroin," and I was like, oh. "I was like, wow, yeah. people, this is amazing, That's my girl. <laughs> That's my girl." She had, I swear to God, like little round glasses and a bum bag uh, fanny pack. Like she mm-hmm. was 90 years old. But she opened the big book with me that first day and she just started reading after the meeting. And She sent me home and I stopped crying, which is about two hours later. And she, um, I kept reading and it was the first time I ever did that. And I got to the jaywalker and I called her and I was yeah. like, listen to
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to rock your world, lady who's read this book a million times. <laughs> I love that.
0: Blow your mind. She's 37 (laughs) years sober, but here I am first day sober. So excited to teach her something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love newcomers. We're so Uh, funny. (laughs) We're such dicks. The
0: the spiritual gigantism of the people in my life in early recovery. Like I look back Mm -hmm. going just with my jaw on the floor that they even let me stay.
1: (laughs) They were so kind, like they were just no so nonsense. kind to me and let me be an asshole. And now like, I have to remind myself of that when I see people that are being idiots, I'm like, Hey, remember how kind they were to you? Maybe you should do that instead right. and make fun of them, <laughs> you know,
0: you, we, you, we can have meme accounts for that. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. We do that anonymously.
0: <laughs> we, we pop off anonymously.
1: That's
0: amazing. Yeah. It says, our behavior is as absurd and incomprehensible with respect to the first drink as that of an individual with a passion, say, for jaywalking. Mm -hmm. He gets a thrill out of skipping in front of fast-moving vehicles. He enjoys himself for a few years in spite of friendly warnings. Up to this point, you would label him as a foolish chap having queer ideas of fun. Luck then deserts him, and he is slightly injured several times in succession. You would expect him, if he were normal, to cut it out. Presently, he has hit, is hit again, and this time has a fractured skull. Within a week after leaving the hospital, a fast-moving trolley car breaks his arm. He tells you he has decided to stop jaywalking for good, but in a few weeks, he breaks both legs. On through the years, his conduct continues, accompanied by continual promises to be careful or to keep off the streets altogether. Finally, he can no longer work, his wife gets a divorce, and he is held up to ridicule. He tries every known means to get the jaywalking idea out of his head he shuts himself up in an asylum hoping to mend his ways but the day he comes out he races in front of a fire engine which breaks his back such a man would be called crazy wouldn't he again <laughs> crazy again
1: yeah insane crazy whatever all the synonyms all of <laughs> them there yeah all the ones
0: there. that that offend me actually yeah uh i liked i feel like if you're an AA because AA isn't for everyone. And I, the last thing I want to do is convince someone to be here. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's none of my business. I always say statistically, like when a newcomer comes in the room and we immediately go, you're in the right place. Statistically, you're probably a heavy drinker and you're not, <laughs> you know, yeah. but a really good way to, to figure out if you belong here is to read the Jaywalker, And the reason mm-hmm. I think so is, um, I, uh, so again, I've been sober a long time and I sponsor a lot of people and my, my partner is usually an earshot sometimes. And mm-hmm. he said the other day, he goes, I, I hear you so much. I could probably sponsor somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But so one day after reading this over and over and over, I looked at him and I go, do you relate to this with anything in your life? And he goes, no, that guy sounds like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I relate to this completely. Yeah. Did you have that experience when you read this part of the book?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like it's, when I go over my whole, and also I hate, I hate that I use the word career, but I mean, it was like, it was a full-time job, my drinking, like my whole drinking career. When I really think about all the times that I, I never said I was going to quit for good, but I remember having those moments the next morning where the incomprehensible demoralization was so great that I was like, there's no way that I can keep drinking because I never know what I'm going to do. It's always terrible. Like I'm never, I'm not going to have any family or friends or anything at the end of this. I don't, you know, but like I would miraculously that night or however many hours later I would just like forget, like it just completely left my brain. And I was Mm. just like, no, we're getting fucked up. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah. Because Alcohol worked so well and for so long for me that it Mm -hmm. was absolutely a great idea. So when Mm -hmm. the bad days started coming more and more and more, and at the end, you know, when we read the parts, like I have to be completely smashed by the delusion that it's working anymore. Yeah. And what a furious, frantic, despairing time in an alcoholic's life where you keep trying because you don't know how to do anything else to have a good day but yeah. then it keep not working and then sometimes you'd eke out like a good evening and pass out before you like stabbed your neighbor and that mm-hmm. was like it was such a good day and so i'm trying yeah. the rest of the week to get back to that one day where there was no harm
1: oh my god yes yeah and like it, reliving the perfect yeah i i get that i have that too i know exactly what that day was and i have never yeah. been able to live up to that ever you know
0: like mowing the lawn in the sunshine and then having an ice cold beer like oh what a moment where you're like my life is great you know with your two beers in and then just trying to get back there and I feel like I've been I was trying to get back to this spot for 14 years to be honest yeah
1: well and that actually reminds me um one of the biggest like earth shattering moments that I've had in AA. And I can't tell you when I heard it or when it finally kicked in, but for anyone that's out there, that's either new or like thinking about recovery or whatever. Um, the biggest thing that I learned is that drinking is not our problem. Mm -hmm. It was the solution for a long time, like agent X just explained, but at one point or another in our lives, like that solution stopped working for us And so now that I found AA, I can replace the solution that didn't work with one that does. And the problem is, as we just read, however, it was like five or six times insanity, crazy, insane, whatever. The problem is my insane mind. And so now that I'm in AA, I have replaced the shitty solution of alcohol and other things that didn't work with this new solution that does work. So I just wanted to sneak that in there.
0: That was absolutely amazing. I'm so (laughs) glad that you said that. (laughs) not only not only does it work, but the shit keeps getting better and better and better. And my uh I just can't explain enough like the progression that I never thought was going to happen. So you were talking about the traditions. You're like, I will learn them one day. Here's what happened. Here's the way I see it. Okay. You go into a meeting, you're like, well, I'll go to these meetings. I'm not gonna sponsor though. Then you get a sponsor, you're like, I'm gonna. Do that, but I'm not doing any amends, and mm-hmm. then you're making amends, and then you're like, Well, I'm not gonna be a sponsor, and then all of a sudden you have eight sponsees, and you're like, Well, I'm not gonna start a meeting, then you have a fucking meeting. You're like, Well, I'm not gonna work in area service, and then you're right. in area service, you're like, Well, I'm never learning those traditions, that's boring, and then you learn the traditions,
1: like, you just know, yeah.
0: It's oh, a y- progression.
1: <laughs> that's what it's so interesting. I call those the positive yets because um I don't know if you've heard the acronym YET Y-E-T, you're eligible too. Normally you hear them on the other side of the fence, like when you're talking about when you're in your alcoholism and all the shit that you said, like, I'm never going to drink and drive. I'm never going to do this. But they're the positive yes on this side of recovery. And that's like what you just said. Now I'm never going to sponsor. I'm never going to start a meeting, but it's like, it's awesome. It does. It happens.
0: And here we are on my podcast talking about your Instagram account, bringing joy to everyone.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on with me. That was just the funnest hour, and it's so oh my nice God. getting to know you. And I hope that we can be friends in the future. Now, uh, yes. another gift of 2020, and how good is like the connection that that online has been able to bring for me. It's opened up a whole new fellowship.
1: Is oh, that your absolutely. experience as well? Yeah. Since March? And I almost I almost feel like I'm tighter because of the whole like screen like real screen of anonymity where these people don't know what my name is what I look like anything I can just truly be myself and and they can too and I've gotten like very close with a lot of people and it's just we yeah we are very very lucky like what a time to be alive not even saying it in a facetious way you know no it's it's (laughs) incredible Yeah, (laughs) we're
0: absolutely the lucky ones. And if you're listening and you'd like to get in contact with either of us, uh, you can reach out to dirtbag sponsor on Instagram. Is that your handle?
1: Yes. At dirtbag sponsor.
0: Uh, at any time, I'm sure she'd love to chat with you. You can get a hold of me, um, at that's not in the book at hotmail.com. And I just want to say thanks again. That was absolutely so much fun. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you again next week. You not read the fucking book?